Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. going on everybody welcome to episode 499 of the talking Friars podcast and youtube show ben fadden with you it is october 24th 2023 rolling along here in the postseason phillies d-backs game seven tonight rangers ton of former padres they advance to the world series with their game seven clobbering of the astros last night so Congratulations to Bruce Bochy, Will Venable, Chris Young, Nick Hunley, Austin Hedges, Travis Jankowski, probably forgetting some people as well, but they are headed to the Fall Classic, so again, congratulations to them. Before getting to the Xander Bogarts 2023 season review, I want to give some thoughts on the Padres' next manager. Yesterday, I did a show on potential candidates to replace Bob Melvin because it definitely seems like he is headed uh, to the San Francisco Giants. He has already started that interview process, and the Giants would not ask the Padres to interview Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin would not go interview with the Giants unless he knew that he was going to go get the job. Um, I believe Dennis Lynn and Andrew Baggerly in The Athletic, they actually reported in that piece the other day that Melvin has like received assurances that, yeah, he's the front runner for that job. So it's pretty much like he would have to screw it up for him not to get the job. 
And Kevin AC put out a piece in the San Diego Union Tribune yesterday that said that the leading candidate to be the Padres' next manager is Mike Schilt over Ryan Flaherty. But it feels like it's going to be between Flaherty and Schilt. Now, there could be an external guy that comes in. We weren't thinking about Bob Melvin. We weren't thinking about Andy Green, really, right? We weren't thinking about Jace Tingler. And all those things happened. A.J. Preller can be unpredictable. But for me, between Flaherty and Schilt, I already thought that Schilt was the right guy, experience, Cardinals, all that. But after thinking about this a little bit more, I'm all in on Mike Schilt. Like, Bob Melvin, I wanted him to manage the 2024 Padres. I thought it was the right guy, but it's not going to happen. Mike Schilt could be a really good thing. I think he has something. He has the advantage that Andy Green didn't have. Jace Tingler didn't have, Bob Melvin didn't have, with A.J. Preller. And that's being in the organization for years before getting the managing job. And so Mike Schilt already knows how A.J. Preller operates, so it's not going to be a surprise like maybe it was to Jace Tingler a little bit. Maybe it was a surprise. It was more of a surprise probably to Bob Melvin because Bob Melvin didn't even know who A.J. Preller was before the interview process. He was coming to the Padres because of the talent. He was not coming to the Padres because of A.J. Preller. It was because of the talent that was on the team, better chance to win, contend for a World Series. That's why he came. But with Mike Schilt here, special assistant is is pretty much what he's been with this Padres team. He was in the dugout, seemed like pretty much every game near the end of the season. He He wasn't in the dugout every day, I don't think, to start the year. He wasn't in the dugout every day, I don't think, last year. But he got more involved with the coaching staff down there in the dugout. So he knows how that operates. And again, he he has a relationship. It seems like he is connected with A.J. Preller. It's not like he's just a good manager and doesn't you know vibe with A.J. Preller. It seems like he actually is in connection. And that's what I want. Like, A.J. Preller, I think that his time has run out here with the Padres. I've been a supporter of him in the past, but things have changed. A lot of things have happened since even the trade deadline of last year. You know, Um, Things have come out. Reports have come out. But knowing that A.J. Preller is going to be running the show, I want a guy that has experience, a guy that has won games at a high level for one of the the biggest teams in baseball, St. Louis Cardinals, like checks that box. And he has spent years with this Padres organization. And it seems like he has a good relationship with A.J. Preller. So now you could say the same thing about Ryan Flaherty, but Mike Schilt also has the, the, the managing experience with the St. Louis Cardinals, the Cardinal way. He was in that Cardinals organization for a long time. And... You, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the Cardinal way and their their culture, right? I know there's a lot of organizations that try to have their own way, right? They call it the blank way, um, you know, like to have that culture because it's important. Although Manny Machado doesn't think it's that important, it's important. So he knows how to build that strong culture is what it seems like to me. And that's a guy, I want someone that is in lockstep with A.J. Preller, someone that has done it before, he has won, he has consistently gotten to the postseason, I think Mike Schilt's the right guy. And I don't think that 
I, I think maybe it would be a little bit of a step down from Bob Melvin, but it wouldn't be the worst thing to have Mike Schilt be the manager. He also, I want to add this, he also was big in helping Fernando Tatis Jr. move to the outfield. And it was also written, I believe, in the UT piece from Kevin AC that he helped Blake Snell on the mental side of things at the beginning of this past season. And so you have the trust of Fernando Tatis Jr. Blake Snell goes and wins the Cy Young. Don't know how much he would attribute that to Mike Schilt, but that's a little nugget there. Ryan Flaherty, he may be the Padres manager one day. That might happen. But right now, who is the right guy for this? It sure seems like it's Mike Schilt. So I am all in on Mike Schilt right now. Let me know in the chat. How do you? What do you think about this? Do you think Mike Schilt is the right guy to be the manager? Yeah, former manager of the year. I'll get to your guys' thoughts here in a little bit. Again, if you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. All right, let's get to a Xander Bogart's 2023 season review. Just going over his numbers, his first season with the San Diego Padres, a 4.4 F4 in 155 games, a 285 average, 350 on base, 440 slug, a 120 weighted runs graded plus, 83 runs scored, 58 runs driven in, and 19 home runs. If you want to look at the positives, a positive for me, at least going into the season, was that we had another superstar on this team. Now, I think a lot of Padres fans would say after this season that they saw from Xander Bogarts, Xander Bogarts is not a superstar. Maybe he's a star. He is a star. He's a good player. Multiple World Series titles. He definitely has the ability to be one of the better shortstops in baseball. But is he on the level of Fernando Tatis Jr.? Is he on the level of Manny Machado? I know Manny had a disappointing year, but is he going to contribute to the level that Manny contributed, let's say, in 2022? Can he do that consistently? I feel like Manny can be that guy. Is Xander on that level of Juan Soto? No. Um, what level is Xander Bogarts on? Would you rather have Hassan Kim on this team over Xander Bogarts? If you're looking at this past season, you probably would rather have Hassan Kim. But I thought it was interesting. So Xander Bogarts, weighted run created plus, 20% above league average, 285 average, you'll take that. 4.4 F4, you look at that, it's like, that's not terrible, right? And fan graphs, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard of the value metric, but it pretty much takes part, or the dollar, the dollar value metric, I should say. That stat on fan graphs. You scroll all the way to the bottom of a player's page, You'll see the dollar column, and it takes what the player would earn, like based on the 2023 production, for example, for Bogarts. It takes that and then somehow transforms that into a number on what he would get or what he deserves based on the year that he had, what he would get on the free agent market. Like what was he worth in dollars, in millions of dollars for whatever he produced in that season? So for Bogarts, I'm sure some fans would guess like maybe some that watch like every day and they were frustrated with Xander Bogarts and the production, they would probably say he was worth what, 25 mil, maybe. Fangraphs has him at 35.4. Now, some Padre fans would say, no, 25's way higher than I would put Ben. But I was I'm being generous. Cause he did have a couple really good months. But the problem is we need him to have good months all the time. 
or have four really good months, not two really good months, you know? But yeah, uh, Fangraphs had him worth $35.4 million in 2023. And a lot of Padres fans were disappointed in Xander Bogart's season, myself included. I was disappointed, especially with the start that he got off to. It was like, all right, Xander Bogart's MVP candidate. This is this is the guy right here. Okay, I mean, don't I still don't know about the two hundred eighty million dollars in the eleven years, but if we can get this Xander Bogarts, the April Xander Bogarts, we can get that guy for the first half of this deal. I mean, he's going to help us go win a World Series, but then it really fell off. So thirty five point four mil, the dollar value number. I don't know how much Padre fans want to buy into that especially after watching Xander this season, like 35.4 mil, he's worth that. I mean, look at 2022. If you look at uh, that with the Boston Red Sox, it says he was worth $48.3 million per year. I think this is what this means. Not like total, but like based on the production in 2022 with the Red Sox, he was worth $48.3 million. Based on the production with the Padres, he was worth $35.4 million. Now, What I do think needs to be brought up about Xander Bogarts is he had a very strong end to his season, right? A 1-1-2-5 OPS in September hit 416 to end that season. And he hit 308 with a 914 OPS in March and April. So good start, really good finish. But the finish, I think a lot of people thought that this Padres team was already out of it. So I don't think Padre fans really care too much about how Xander Bogart finished the season. Like we like him playing every day and, you know, continuing to post and all that, but it's about the middle months there. I mean, the team missed the playoffs by a couple games. And if you go look at his production in May, in June, a little bit better production live up to the con- the money that you were being paid this year in those months, and they could have been a playoff team, is what it feels like. If he would have come through, I got to see what he hit with with runners in scoring position this season. It was It was not good. But, yeah, in the month of May, I mean, look at the production. The month of May, he hit 200 with a 546 OPS. In June... He had a 262 average with a 699 OPS. Yes, there were the wrist issues. He was waiting, could not wait to get to that all-star break so he could get the cortisone shot. But I'm not so sure how much Padre fans really care. Like, they, they see that you're out there. If you're playing, then they're going to judge you with the contract, the money that you're making. I think some Padre fans aren't going to be like, oh, he had a cortisone. He needed a cortisone shot. Oh, he was he, his power was zapped. He needed his wrist was really killing him. I will bring that up because I think that's fair. Like if we're going to criticize him, we got to bring up some injuries. Just like Manny Machado this year, we're going to criticize him. We got to bring up the inter, the injuries. Got to be fair. I brought up the good months that he had, but it simply was not good enough this season. He went that two month period in May and June. I think it was May and June. Yeah. Two home runs, one home run in May, one home run in June. And I'm, I'm pulling up 
I'm trying to pull up here on baseball reference his um, numbers with runners in scoring position this season. I think I think baseball reference has a high leverage stat. Let's go through the months first. So batting averages and everything. We'll, we'll go with OPS. On base plus, plus slugging percentage. For a guy that's one of the faces of the franchise, $280 million contract. It was an overpay right from the get-go. The Padres were paying for the first part of this contract. They want Bogarts to, they, like they're paying for him to come up huge for the Padres in the first half of this contract. Hope they can get a World Series. And then if they if we get a World Series, I think Padre fans will be fine with seeing Xander Bogarts go play first base or second base or DH, you know, at the back of that contract, right? So he had a 914 OPS in April and March, a 546 OPS in May, a 699 OPS in June, a 769 OPS in July, 652 OPS in August, and then a 1122 OPS in September slash October. So again, first part of the season, first month or so, really good. Last month, really good. July, after he got the cortisone shot, he was good. One of the better offensive players, I think, after he got that cortisone shot. But it's the stuff in between. The month of May, 546 OPS. Seven runs driven in the entire month. One home run. Less than 10 runs scored. 263 slug. There was just no power. And I'm not saying that Bogart's he, we should be expecting him to go hit 30 home runs. He hit more home runs this season than he had last season. I think he had 15 home runs last season. He had 19 this year. So he's not a, a big home run guy. And Fenway Park, it helped him out. You know, Petco Park, it's a different animal as an offensive player. And I think he learned that this year, right? There were some long flyouts, just like there were for a lot of guys, including someone like Fernando Tatis Jr., Seemed like he had deep flyouts all the time. And if they move those fences in a little bit, I think that I put that on my offseason wish list. Sure, that might help the other team as well, but you got these guys locked down to long-term contracts. You might want to have these guys' numbers get a little bit better um, and hope that the pitching can be good, right, to sustain or, you know, make that offense worth it, right, bringing the fences in worth it. Um, but, yeah, just... 699 OPS in June. When you're paying a guy, when he's the face of the franchise, $280 million contract, the production needs to be better. You're expecting an OPS over 800 probably almost every month of the season, right? You're at least expecting expecting it to be over 700. And three of the six months were under 700. 546 in May. 699 in June and 652 in August. And Xander will tell you that's unacceptable. And then you add the quote at the end of the year and we can move that we can move into that now. The quote at the end of the year about how he doesn't want to move to first base. He doesn't want to I understand like he's a shortstop, he doesn't want to move to to second base, doesn't want to move to first base. But 
what I have a problem with is you already have your money. It's one thing if you're Hassan Kim and you don't have your money yet, but you have your money. You got $280 million. And for him to sit there and say, I don't want to move to first base too quickly, quickly there, essentially saying, I'm not quoting here, but paraphrasing, yeah, that's closer to the bench. I don't want to get, get over there too quick. I get it. Second year of the deal, going into the second year of your contract, you don't want to move. That would be a that would make you probably look bad, is what he probably thinks, right? And he's comfortable with shortstop. And he thinks he can be a really good shortstop in 2024. And I like the confidence. I understand it. I understand he wants to stay at shortstop. He at the press conference, he was like, They signed me to be the shortstop. I'm the shortstop. He was kind of laughing at the question from someone in the media who asked positionally what where he was going to play but especially when you don't make the postseason in 2023 i would want to do whatever the heck it took to help the team get to the postseason in 2024 and if that meant having hassan kim go play shortstop and me sliding over to second base or trying out first base then i'm going to say whatever helps the team i'll be open to it do i want to go over there no but if i have to and they think that's what's best, then I'll go over there and I'll work my butt off to be the best first baseman that I can be. That's what Crony did. Wasn't amazing offensively, really bad in terms of like what a first baseman should provide offensively to a team, especially a World Series contending team, we thought, going into the year on paper. Wasn't good enough. And Bogarts is not going to do that either, by the way. His production is probably going to be below average to what a first baseman should provide, especially power-wise, because he's just not that guy. But this is what the Padres did to themselves. I mean, they gave a contract to Xander Bogarts that they didn't need to give. Uh, they could have just had Hassan Kim at shortstop. They could have had Bogarts, or excuse me, Cronenworth at second base still, where he is the most comfortable, and his value is more at second base than it is at first base. And they could have brought in a first baseman. But I was, I'm not saying that I'm giving up on Xander Bogarts. I'm just saying that they didn't need to sign Xander Bogarts, especially to an 11-year deal worth $280 million. Looking back on it now, they probably could have gotten Xander Bogarts for less years and less money. Was any team going to come close to 11 years, $280 million? To me, Peter Seidler and A.J. Preller, they were going to get a superstar. They missed on Aaron Judge. They missed on Trey Turner. Jose Bray didn't come. They were going to get a star. And they wanted to make, they wanted to guarantee that they got a star. And they were like, all right, we're, we're whiffing on these guys. We have to make sure that Bogarts is coming here. No choice. Like he's going to see the money. Boris is going to see the money and be like, you cannot pass on this. Nobody's going to come close to this. And that's what they did. And now there's questions about where Xander Bogarts is going to play in the second year of an 11-year contract. With Xander Bogarts, I will be fine with him playing first base. If the best defensive alignment is Manny at third when he's healthy, Kim at shortstop, Crony at second, Bogarts at first, I'm fine with that. And Bogarts, or some people might be like, why would you have Bogarts go move to first if Kim's going to be a free agent at the end of the year? You can move Bogarts back to shortstop. You can put him at second base in year three. Like Bogarts has played infield. He's played shortstop his whole life. 
it's not going to take long for him to readjust back to shortstop. He can still take balls at shortstop and batting practice during the season. And he can play there if they want him to, if they bring in an actual first baseman. And Hassan Kim's at third base. By the way, to start the season, Bogarts is probably going to be the shortstop because Manny's not going to be in the field, you would think. He might be, but I don't, I, I wouldn't, I'm definitely not going to guarantee that right now. Coming off surgery, he was at the San Diego FC event, the reveal festival or whatever it was, whatever they called it. Uh, with a cast on, so like it's going to take some time here. Kim's probably at third, Bogart's at short, Crony at second, and then whoever they bring in to be a first baseman, DH option, maybe they bring back Profar, and Profar is at first if they don't want to bring back Garrett Cooper for whatever he wants. We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, this this. This all these questions, and there's going to be plenty of talk about the infield alignment. It all happened because the Padres decided to give a big contract to Xander Bogarts. And you could say it happened because they gave a big contract to Jake Cronenworth as well. Not $280 million, but they gave Crony $80 million for seven years. That contract, by the way, didn't start last year. It starts this year, year one. And he's been declining offensively every year. I don't think that he's going to keep declining. Like, I think he can bounce back this season, and I think he's going to be motivated to be better than he ever has. No doubt about that, because he was pissed off about losing. And I think Bogarts was pissed off about losing. Like, those are two guys, sure, big contracts. You could say didn't need to do it. But those are two guys that I think truly do want to win. I just, because I think Bogarts wants to win, and that's what I got from the opening press conference and his comments during the season and how, he was just pissed off. And during that national series, he was like, come on, it's a Nationals." Like, it felt like he was speaking like a fan and how pissed off he was. That's why I was so disappointed in his comments at the end of the year. Like, dude, you're, you're locked up. You're here. Do whatever it takes to help the team. Don't talk to the media saying, closer to the bench. Well, you think they're going to bench you in year two of your contract, Xander? Come on now. They're not going to do that. Just... You think Freddie Freeman's closer to the bench because he's playing first base? How about Paul Goldschmidt? Jake Cronenworth was not doing well offensively, and he still was playing a lot of games for the Padres last year when he was healthy. So, like, you're they're not going to put you on the bench for a long period of time. Unless you're hurt, they're not putting you on the bench. So just play whatever position the Padres think, will help the team best. Now, he could say, well, our defense was already good in 2023. That's definitely a valid point. But what if it could be better? If Kim's, Kim's a better defensive shortstop, in my opinion, than Bogarts is. Cronenworth is more comfortable at second base than he is at first base. And he could be comparable to Hassan Kim. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I test. It feels like he, he's comparable at second base to Kim. Like, because Cronenworth, he's most comfortable there, right? And Kim's good at shortstop. We know Manny at third, right? And Bogarts, I think he can do what Cronenworth did at first. May, I don't know how flexible he is at first base, but he's a bigger target than Jake is. So, and he, it's not like he has no range. He does have some range. He showed it at shortstop this year. I'm not saying that Bogarts is a sucky shortstop and he sucks defensively. I'm not saying that. He's just not as good as someone like Hassan Kim, right? So it's going to be interesting to see 
how this defensive alignment works. Who do the Padres bring in to play first base? Are they just going to shuffle around some pieces, which it feels like is what they have to do? When Jackson Merrill comes up, what are they going to do there? Is, is Hassan Kim traded? Is Jake Cronenworth traded? Is he attached to a Juan Soto trade? Is he attached? This was brought up. Um, I was listening to Darren Smith yesterday, and I think someone on the text line on that show brought up. Maybe it wasn't the text line. I forget. Brought up, hey, Giants, if you want Bob Melvin, you got to take Jake Cronenworth too. We don't want anything back, but Bob Melvin, you can have him. Sure. We'll let you have him, but you got to take Jake Cronenworth or you got to take Matt Carpenter's contract or something like that, uh, where it saves the Padres a little bit of money as well. Giants get Bob Melvin. Padres can hire Mike Schilt or Ryan Flaherty, whoever they want to hire. I hope it's Mike Schilt. And they save some money in the process as well, payroll-wise, like actual payroll-wise. There's people that are bringing up that the Padres, oh, they can save $4 million because Bob Melvin was going to be paid that in 2024. But I don't care about that money that they're saving because the payroll is what we care about. Like the manager, his salary, the coaching staff salary, that doesn't go towards the major league payroll. You know, like the fans care most about the major league payroll. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with the manager situation. Recapping Xander Bogarts here in a couple sentences, disappointing 2023 season, but I'm not giving up on him. And I think it might be best for him not to play shortstop in 2024. Have Hassan Kim do it if he's not traded. And I think they should probably think about maybe they have Xander Bogarts play second base. That's an option as well. Crony. Maybe put him back at first, but you're losing value of Jake Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth's value is the highest when he's playing second base, when he can play some shortstop if you need him to, not when he's your everyday first baseman. His value is not the highest when it's that. And he needs to be better offensively as well. Same thing goes with Xander Bogarts, and same thing goes with plenty of these guys on this team if we're looking at their performances in the 2023 season. No doubt about that. And when Jackson Merrill comes up, because it feels like he'll come up at maybe the second half of this next season, and he'll get a lot of reps in spring training. Where is he going to play? If Jackson Merrill comes up, I've said this plenty of times already in the past, I want him playing every day. He's your number, what, two prospect? Definitely top three. I think Salas is one. He needs to be playing every day. You're not bringing him up to go sit him on the bench. And you're not, put him, you're not pulling him up to be in a utility role, right? And play once every few days. This guy needs to play every day. Is that the outfield? Is that the infield? Do they bring him up before the deadline, see how he does, and then maybe they trade Kim? Now, that's very minimal value. I just don't see... I think Kim is more of a of a possible trade than, uh, than Jake Cronenworth. Now you're saying, well, Hassan Kim's the better player. If they're trying to win next year, you trade Cronenworth over Kim. But you need two sides to tango. Would teams rather have Hassan Kim and maybe try to extend him? Or would they rather have Jake Cronenworth and you have to take on seven years of that contract? All seven years at $80 million. For a guy who, I love Jake, but his offensive value has decreased every year. Who would you rather take? You would take Hassan Kim. Do I want Hassan Kim to be traded? No. But... If he does get traded, 
Maybe that brings you back uh, starting pitching. Maybe. Maybe that brings you back a starting outfielder. Just based on maybe a team has more starting outfielders than they need. Maybe it brings you back a catcher. I don't know. It can save you some money as well if it's a cheap, some cheap players that you bring back. Maybe it brings you back. I don't want to get a prospect back. I want major league talent back. I'm just saying, if you move Kim, I, I want Kim because he helps this Padres team. He is super valuable defensively. I don't want to say that trading Kim is the best thing, but if they do decide to do that, it would clear, it, it would make it more clear for Bogarts to say it short. It would make it obvious that Cronenworth is sliding over to second base, and it would like force the Padres to actually bring in a real first baseman instead of just rejuggling the the puzzle pieces, right? And Jackson Merrill comes up. Maybe that creates a spot for him to play shortstop, and Bogarts play second, and Cronenworth go to first if they. If, if if they don't have a real first baseman that is playing well at the time that Merrill comes up. Uh, Merrill, maybe he just goes to the outfield. Who knows? Um, I'm just floating things out there. Hassan Kim had a tremendous 2023 season. It's not a guarantee that he does that again in 2024. And maybe they want to sell at his highest value. You might not, you're not going to get as much back probably as you would have gotten if you would have traded him before last season, but he wasn't playing as well after last season, 2022. He wasn't playing as well. His numbers weren't as good that year as they were in 2023. So I don't think that's being talked about a ton about a Hassan Kim trade because Hassan Kim is one of the better performers. He was one of the better performers for this Padres team this past season. But if the Padres don't feel like they can bring him back because they already have the Cronenworth contract, they already have Bogarts, Merrill coming up, they might want to try to get something back at peak level, you know, at his highest value. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, there's my Xander Bogarts season review. He has 10 more years left on this contract at how much money? He was paid, I think, $30 million, so 10 years, 250 left, $25 million a year for the next decade. He'll be a free agent when he's 41, his, his 40, year 41 season. So we're in this for the long haul with Xander Bogarts. And that's why I'm saying, like, Xander, be willing to do whatever is best for the team. You're locked in. You got your money, man. You want to win a World Series for San Diego, something that's never been done? I know you've already have you've already won World Series. Multiple. I get it. But you could be a freaking hero here in San Diego. Something to think about. You're here for the next decade. We'll see what happens there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's see. Getting to the comments here. Jennifer says, congrats to the Rangers. I prefer Schilt over Flaherty. I do as well. Flaherty can stay on the coaching staff. I mean, people are talking glowingly about him, I guess. But, uh, and Preller obviously thinks that this guy is going to be a future manager. He blocked the Mets from having him be their bench coach or just interview for the bench coach job. Didn't want it to even, no conversation. Didn't even want a conversation to happen. So he thinks highly of Flaherty. I just think Schultz is the right guy right now. Uh, Andrea says, maybe if contracts had minimum performance requirements, they would work harder to perform rather than chill knowing they will make the money no matter what. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, make the, make the players earn the money. But the Players Association of Major League Baseball, the clubs, they, they have a CBA. They agree on things. And the players would never agree to have like non-guaranteed contracts and minimum performance requirements because injuries happen. So let's say Bogart's, you know, minimum production, he doesn't meet that because he had a wrist injury and he doesn't get his $25 million this year. Well, he has an injury. Like, can he really control that? That's not fair. And it's guaranteed contracts. That's what it is. Some sports, it's not guaranteed. But most of these contracts, these players, they want the no trade clause. They want the control, the guaranteed money. And yeah, in an ideal world, yeah, you would want these guys to be incentivized. And maybe you give all of these players, maybe you still give the star players, let's say, $20 million a year. But, like, it's a max. Like, Bogarts, Manny, Tatis, you go to, like, even Otani and Harper and guys around baseball. Judge, Acuna, $20 million. We'll give you that. You're the best player, best players in the league. We'll give you $20 million. But that's it. And then you have incentives. So, like, Acuna and Betts, they would make the most money because they had tremendous regular seasons. 
And then there's postseason incentives. So like Adolis Garcia, he would be making a bunch of money off of this postseason. Um, and Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, right? Like incentives like that. There are incentives in their contracts still, like added on. I get your point, but the players wouldn't agree to that. That's the problem. Of course, the clubs would want to do that. Padres wouldn't have had to pay Eric Cosmer $144 million. They're still paying him, by the way. I think they still have to pay him $12, $13 million for the next couple years. They wouldn't have had to do that, but that's just how it works. Agents, players, the Players Association, the CBA, they aren't going to agree to that. They would never agree to that. That's just not how it is. But there are incentives on deals. Like, I can look at the Xander Bogarts contract right now. I'm sure there's some incentives. Well, I'm not saying maybe not on the big contracts like that, or maybe there's incentives that we just don't know about. But for example, if I go to someone like Seth Lugo, I know he had incentives, so I'm going to look up his contract. Let's see. So he made, let's see, it says he made uh, eight, a little less than $9 million this year. And then next year with the player option, he can make seven and a half mil. He's not going to take the player option. He's going to free agency. But I'm just saying, this is the contract that he's in right now. Contract notes. He got $100,000. These are the incentives. He got $100,000 each for 40 appearances, 45 appearances, 50 appearances, 55 appearances, 60 appearances. He earned $1.25 million this year because he hit the incentives for starts that were put in his contract. 10 starts, 14 starts, 18 starts, 22 starts, 26 starts, 30 starts. He, I think, I want to say he hit the 26 start threshold. That incentive mark, let me double check that. Yeah, twenty. he hit the 26 start mark on his final start of the year, and that was including his IL stint. So he hit 26 starts. So, he got $250,000 for making the 10 starts, another $250,000, $250,000 for making 14 starts, another $250,000 for hitting the 18 start mark, another $250,000 for hitting the 22 start mark, and then another $250,000 for hitting the 26 start mark. And he would have made another $250,000 this year if he would have hit the 30 start mark. So there's incentives, but not like in the mil- the $20 million like incentive or nothing like that, nothing crazy like that. That's the guaranteed money because or else the players just wouldn't agree to that and they'd probably go on strike and all that. So that's, that's, I get your point, Andre. In the, in the, yeah, GMs, owners, they would love to do that as well, but that's just not how it works. All right, that's it. Oh, there, I see a question here actually from Odai. Do you believe there will be a re-sign of Josh Hader. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't see that. Thank you for the question, though. I don't see that. Padres, the payroll expected to go down. Hader's going to get $100 million from some team. Some team is going to want that name, and some team will be convinced that he will go all out for them once he gets his money. So all it takes is one. And the Padres, they're not in this position, nor do I think it's smart to be the that team to give $100 million to a reliever. They gave 46 to Suarez. That's a pretty good contract for a reliever. More than double that for Josh Hader? No thanks. That's not going to happen. So, yeah. Uh, Johnny says, and Bogarts will be consistent 
be in consistent decline, why would Preller give an aging shortstop such a huge contract? Yep, it's a good point. And a guy that he probably knew that was going to move from shortstop. They were probably hoping a few years in, but there's talks about it because Preller talks about everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's a point that's being brought up by a lot of fans and people around baseball. It was probably a point that was brought up at the time that he signed the deal. Like, wow, 11 years to Bogarts? It feels like a lot. But the Padres were going all in, and it felt like they got starstruck. They were, they were going to get a star. No matter what this past offseason, winter meetings were in San Diego. They wanted to make they, they, they wanted to put their name out there and be like, yep, we are continuing to go all in. NLCS in 2022, we're bringing in another star. And Tatis is coming back as well. We're going to have this big four up there at FanFest. They, they, got, they got starstruck, and they were going for the stars, star happy. And Bogarts, right now, he's not playing like a superstar. He's a star, but he's not a superstar. And the Padres are stuck paying $280 million to a star. Again, I'm not giving up on Xander Bogarts, but it was an overpay. He knows that as well. He took the deal. He knows that. Boris knows that. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for Xander. Hopefully it's a much better year, and it's kind of like his 2022 Red Sox season and some of the years prior to that as well. All right. Reminder code. Talking Friars, $20 off your order on SeatGeek. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Yagleon Bros, the main partner of the show. Yagleonbros.com, their main, that's their website. Their main location is on Friars Road. Available at Snapdragon Stadium and Petco Park as well. Best cheesesteaks and garlic fries in San Diego. You need a lunch spot, dinner, go check them out. And Foco, great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. BreakingTea.com. Some great San Diego sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave. Go check them out. Click the links in the description for that. Thank you all for the time. Have a great rest of your day. Xander Bogart season review. Had some thoughts on Mike Schiltz, Ryan Flaherty, who should be the Padres' next manager. Also laid out some other candidates, potential replacements for Bob Melvin in episode 498, so you can go check that out on YouTube and podcast platforms if you missed that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, and go Pods. Thank you.